Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it is a Tuesday, but not just any Tuesday. It's December 12, 2023, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, a beautiful feast day. And spent a lot of time in the first hour of the program talking about some very interesting facts surrounding the tilma, surrounding the apparition, and the image of Our Lady on the tilma. If you'd like to find out where that article is, you can go after the show to the Catholic Connection Archives at AveMariaRadio.net. So we will be talking about Our Lady a little bit later in the program, but first... Right after the news, at about 15 minutes past the hour, we're going to be checking in with our good friends based in the Archdiocese of Detroit with Couple Prairie. They've been on the program before. They travel around the country giving this great program. And they also do presentations for diocese if the diocese is interested, for example, in doing the program on their own. Ken and Signe can come in. They can talk. They can set it up. There's videos. There's a whole program. But they are going to be the leaders down in Dallas, and that's going to start on January 8th and will be joined with Ken and Signe, but also by Ken and Signe, Father Eugene O'Donnell from Dallas is going to be talking about the importance of couple prayer and why he felt it necessary to bring Ken and Signe Castell from couple prayer into his diocese and his parish in particular. And then at 9.39 Eastern Time, of course, 39 minutes past the hour, wherever you are, Joseph and Monique Gonzalez are going to be joining us. They've written this beautiful new book from our friends at Sophia Institute. And this is so cool. I can't wait to dive into this. I had not heard of this. So again, when you think of all the amazing facts, and we can even go through some of those, and I'll I'll pick out some from the article I found this morning that I read with my listeners in the first hour, talk about just how specific and how detailed the image is and the message that God and Our Lady were sending when she visited Tepeyap Kill and San Juan Diego with her messages. But the book is Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. Now, I again, maybe you've heard about this. I haven't. But this really is a testament to how God is all about the details. You know that old saying, that cliche, the devil is in the details? Uh-uh. God is in the details. He created everything. So why should we be surprised that there's so much specific information and detail and messaging and then involves all kinds of things not just our our souls and our spirit but we are right human beings as well that's where the incarnation is so important and that's another part of the message of our our lady of guadalupe but listen to this and i don't again maybe you've heard it but you learn something new every day at the beginning of the famous encounter between san juan diego and our lady of guadalupe as Diego ascends Tepeyac Hill, he's suddenly surrounded by beautiful music and wondrous sights. He asks himself, where am I? Could this be the place that our ancestors spoke of, the flower world paradise in the land of heaven? With these words, and our authors, of course, will be getting to this in great detail, San Juan Diego ties his encounter to an ancient indigenous belief system, a spiritual floral domain named Flower World. I never heard of this, but this is fascinating. This startling history recently uncovered by anthropologists and archaeologists. So you've got these scientists, right? We're always told, follow the science, these researchers, right? Who are coming at this from a very technical perspective. And they discover this. 
In referencing this flowerly paradise, St. Juan Diego opened up a fascinating link dating back to the very cradle of American civilization. So Our Lady, our mom, knew exactly what the people in that area needed and how they would be able to relate to her. So this is just phenomenal. It's really, really cool. So we're going to be talking about this book. And the title of the book is Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy by Joseph and Monique Gonzalez. They join us again at 39 minutes past the hour. Can't wait. I'm so excited. So interesting. Weather-wise, well, we have lake effect snow developing downwind from the Great Lakes through tomorrow. And then we have a strong storm impacting Alaska with very heavy precipitation and some high winds there. Otherwise, looking pretty clear across the country right now. We'll keep you posted if anything changes. Already four minutes past the hour, a very, very busy news day as well. So let's get started and see what's happening in and around the world on a Tuesday morning. You are listening to Catholic Connection, co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. The Arizona Supreme Court is going to hear arguments on a major abortion case. Justices taking the bench today where cases will be made on whether Arizona uses a law that allows abortion up to 15 weeks or returns to a near total ban. There will only be six judges taking part in that case following a decision by one justice to recuse himself. Bill Montgomery stepping away after old social media posts led abortion supporters to believe he was too biased to be involved in the case. That means a tied decision could be made when it's all said and done. The war between Israel and Hamas is raging on in Gaza. In Tel Aviv, reporter Hala Gorani says Israel is moving deeper into Gaza. It is asking civilians to evacuate large parts of Khan Yunus. This is the largest city in the southern part of the Strip, using a grid system that many people are finding confusing. Conditions in that region are deteriorating at a fast rate as the fighting continues in the Gaza Strip's largest southern city, as you heard. Officials saying the country is attempting to move forward with hostage release negotiations after there was a breakdown in talks. This comes as Israel released the names of 20 hostages held by Hamas that are believed to be dead. Over 19,000 people have been killed since the fighting started with the attacks by the terrorist group Hamas on October 7th. Christians in Jordan, meanwhile, having a sober Christmas this year in solidarity with the Christians in Palestine. Vatican News reports the Jordanian Council of Churches has asked all churches to limit their Christmas celebrations to prayer and religious ceremonies and to donate funds in support of the children in Gaza. Meanwhile, Michael Kastner tells us that most Americans support Israel's military response to Hamas. A Wall Street Journal poll shows that 55 percent of respondents say they think Israel is taking necessary action to defend itself after the Hamas attack in October. Meanwhile, one in four said Israel's actions are going too far. The survey also found that Americans are more likely to sympathize with Israelis over Palestinians, while one in three said they sympathize equally with both sides. Over 40 percent say they side more with Israel and only 12 percent say they sympathize more with Palestinians. Political party is a big indicator of that number, with only two percent of Republicans saying they side more with Palestinians compared to 17 percent of Democrats. With the war between Israel and Hamas, many are celebrating Hanukkah differently this year. CNN surveying Jews across the country and some feel afraid of anti-Semitism and have gone as far as to take their menorahs out of their windows. Others feel emboldened to light candles in solidarity and place the menorah into the window or in another prominent place in the home. California is home to the nation's second largest populations of Jewish people in the nation after New York. There are several community events throughout the week. 
And a pro-Palestinian phase written by a Texas teacher on her classroom dry erase board has erupted now into controversy. It read, no justice, no peace, justice for Palestine. A pair of Republican state lawmakers got wind of it and are now demanding answers from the school district southeast of Houston. In their letter, there is a suggestion the teacher also harassed a 14-year-old Israeli-born student. In a statement, the district called the incident a very poor choice by the teacher, who was suspended and has since resigned. Joe Biden is set to meet with the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, at the White House. That will happen today. Republican Senator James Langford of Oklahoma says there's no clear timetable, though, on an aid package. There's no way to be able to get it done this week. The question is, are we staying in it next week or does this actually move into early January to be able to resolve? And there's a new poll showing nearly half of voters do believe the U.S. is spending too much on aid for Ukraine in its war with Russia. The Financial Times Michigan Ross poll finding 48 percent of voters said the U.S. is sending too much support. Meanwhile, 27 percent said the U.S. was spending the right amount. This comes again as lawmakers are divided over an aid package requested by Biden that includes funding for both Ukraine and Israel. Republicans want U.S. border policy reforms in exchange for more Ukraine aid. And Border Patrol leaders are telling lawmakers that the Biden administration's humanitarian parole policy for illegal immigrants is a magnet for asylum seekers. Senator John Cornyn from Texas says he's not surprised. 30,000 people from Central America per month will be released based on humanitarian parole without even considering their individual case. He's demanding that changes to border policies be part of an emergency aid package for Ukraine and Israel. The GOP wants a reduction to the number of illegal immigrants who are allowed to stay in the country while they wait for a court hearing. In March alone, more than 700,000 asylum seekers released on the streets of border cities. Six hotels in Washington state, as Brad Ford tells us, under investigation now for violating the Americans with Disability Act and three hotels have already settled complaints. The U.S. Attorney's Office for Western Washington investigated the allegations from customers. The three hotels that reached settlements are the Marquane Hotel, the Linwood Hampton Inn Suites, and the Bothell Holiday Inn and Suites. Under the resolutions, the hotels agreed to alert the U.S. Attorney's Office to any new complaints of violations the hotels receive over the next year. The three hotels will make changes to meet ADA requirements. The hotels still under investigation weren't listed. The Supreme Court is now throwing cases out that challenge COVID-19 vaccine mandates for executive branch employees and military service members. This following Joe Biden's rescinding the federal employee vaccine requirement back in May. The Pentagon also rescinding its mandate in January. That was a result, though, of congressional action. The high court throwing out three cases, buffing out appeals court decisions that sided with the challenges. And liberal Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson says she disagrees with the action. And she said that in her public dissent. Trey Thomas tells us there's a South Florida woman convicted last month of a Facebook romance scam that bilked an elderly widow out of thousands of dollars, and she was sentenced yesterday. The 75-year-old victim testified in court Monday. I lost my car, and I have a heart condition. It's been very, very difficult trying to get to doctor's appointments, the grocery store. The judge ruled that Lisa Miller spent five years in prison for her crime and made complete restitution to her victim. It looks like there's a bid to take Macy's private. It's being reported that a group of investors has made a bid to take the company private for nearly $6 billion. They would be paying a premium for the retailer, which has been under pressure from competitors for years. While online rivals have taken a bite out of the company's market value, Macy's has also tried to move away from shopping malls by opening 30 new store locations at strip malls. 
And Rebecca Hughes tells us seven states across the nation receiving high grades for financial literacy in their high schools. A report produced by the Center for Financial Literacy at Champlain College in Vermont gave out grades in the 2023 National Report Card on state efforts to improve financial literacy in high schools released this month. States receiving an A grade are Alabama, Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, Tennessee, Utah, and Virginia. These states require students to take courses in personal finance or its equivalent as a high school graduation requirement. Five states were given an F grade this year, California, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Massachusetts, in South Dakota. According to the report, financial literacy is linked to positive outcomes like wealth accumulation, stock market participation, effective retirement planning, and avoiding high-cost alternative financial services. Most Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck say they expect to spend about the same amount or less this holiday season as they did last year. That's according to a new Forbes advisory survey that says close to half say they'll spend about the same And nearly one in five said they plan to tighten their belts. Another 30% of those whose paycheck just covers their living expenses with a little left over say they actually will spend more. And Americans will be spending money on traveling. More Americans traveling on planes or by car this holiday season. Travel is still on the upswing after COVID. AAA predicting over 115 million Americans traveling at least 50 miles over the last 10 days of the year. And it's the highest projection, by the way, since 2019. Hope you're having a beautiful feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe and the weather is good in your area. Hope so. It's very nice in southeastern Michigan and the Midwest and hopefully it'll stay that way for a little while. Stay tuned. We have great interviews as we always try to do coming up every day here on Catholic Connection. Next up, we're talking about couple prayer. Super important. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
The family that prays together stays together. And it is very, very true. The statistics are amazing. The facts when it comes to what happens when couples especially come together to pray. And people know about that are on the phone with us, actually in studio with us this morning. Ken and Sydney Castell from the Archdiocese of Detroit in studio with us at Ave Maria Radio. Now on the phone from the great state of Texas is Father Eugene O'Donnell with Holy Family Parish of Nazareth in Irving, Texas. And thanks to all of you. First of all, let me go to Ken and Signe. Ken, let's start with you. Give us the details in terms of where you will be and what you will be doing in Dallas starting on January 8th. Good yeah, we are so excited, T. Um, Father Eugene invited us to come down and lead the six-week series uh, in Irving, Texas, the Diocese of Dallas. And, and the hope is that uh, couples uh, from all the parishes uh, in the diocese would come and go through the series so that they could then bring it back to their individual parishes. Uh, Father Eugene went through, actually he led the series as a transitional deacon and saw what it did for the parish that he was assigned at that time and just became on fire for couple prayer, the way it changed lives. So he invited us to come down. They're, they're putting us in a house for six weeks uh, and we are going to lead the series. It's uh, the first time we've had an opportunity to do that. As you said, it starts on January 8th, which is a Monday, and goes for six consecutive Mondays, concluding on February 12th, uh, I think uh, from 7 until 9 or uh, 6.30 to 8.30. And it really important for those of you listening in the Dallas area, Father Eugene has made child care available. Wow. And that's huge yeah, big for thing. young couples, mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. for young families. Yeah. And Sydney, let me go to you before we bring up Father Eugene, who's also, as I mentioned, on the phone with us. So this is a big commitment for you and Ken as a couple. This is the first time you've done this long of a, of a stint for a couple prayer, right? That is right. I don't know that we could have even imagined an opportunity like this. So, you know, just another sign to us that God is really uh, blessing and using this couple prayer series ministry in really big ways. So, um, you know, we just, we have always just tried our best to go where God calls us. Mm -hmm. So this will be an adventure, and we are so, so grateful to be invited. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. Six weeks. But I think also, again, before we go to Father, the the fact that you'll be getting to know the couples, I think, on such an intimate level, having that much time with them, Signe, right? Right. Oh, I'm so looking forward. This will actually be our first face-to-face meeting with Father Eugene, too. (laughs) We are so excited. But just to be allowed to immerse ourselves in that faith community is going to be such a huge blessing. Huge. Father Eugene, tell us about how you found out about Couple Prayer, first of all. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you bet. Um, Back in the seminary, I was just ordained back in this past May. Hmm. So back in the seminary, yeah, thank you, in uh, First Theology, during a formation conference, the person given it was in charge of uh, the family life, marriage and family life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And he, excuse me, he presented himself, and he said, the thinking used to be in the church that if you bring the kids back, they'll bring the parents back. He said, that's not true. He said, but I found out that if you bring the parents back, they bring the whole family back. Mm. And um, so he, he facilitated several 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 different sessions, um, several different series through the years, and he just, he had none. he just, he said, it's amazing what happened. So I, I kept that in my back pocket, and so once I had the opportunity, I got the information from them. 
this was pre-COVID. They didn't. They quit doing it during COVID. Obviously, they, right. they haven't picked it up because he's he has he had to go somewhere else. But um, they sent me the information, so I got a, a ordered the series from Ken and Signey because I wanted to see the video, see how they did it. I did not want to. I didn't want. Didn't want to use the videos. Number one, because I think people are tired of living on videos. Yeah, on that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so it was. I did it myself. It was just, it was just incredible. I knew what happened because of the way my conversion happened. And it was so simple. It's just talking to God. That's all it is. You just in wow. the series just teaches you different ways to do it, whichever way you feel comfortable with. That's what they generally stick with. But it doesn't matter because they have so many different options. And to see the Holy Spirit work the room through the six weeks, and to see these couples just fall over Christ was just beautiful. It just to know it's going to happen, but to experience it. Or something else, and it, 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 things happen that words just can't describe. You just have to see it. It's just beautiful. So, Father, now this is being at, it's going to be at your parish, but it is open to to others who want to join outside of the parish. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Yes. All right. So, we would Kenny, like to, we, go, ahead. go ahead. No, that's all. No, right. Go ahead, like, Father. Okay. We would like to uh, get some a few more parishes to send couples that, with the thought of using using their parish a couple times a year. See, my thought is, what we'll do here is we're, we have some of our own people that, that are going to do it with the intention of, of facilitating the sessions. Because I did it, I could do it because I was married before, so I could relate. But it's still better if a couple does it. It's just more natural. In mm-hmm. uh, presenting that, and, and I would like to for the any couples that come through RCA or marriage prep to send them through that to just give them a head start on their marriage. Because the one thing I noticed is the group I had, I think there were like 25, 26 couples, something like that. Uh, maybe three were married less than two or three years, and the rest were married quite a few times, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And they all told those couples, they said, you're so fortunate to have this now. It's going to save you so much heartache, and that's the proof. Yeah, that is so true. I remember we had a young couple, uh, Father and Ken and Signe, that were with us on our La Doce Fide trip, and they were they were married maybe three years. It's an adorable couple from Columbus, Ohio, and, and most of the couples were you know, our age in, in their 60s or their 50s, even couples in their 70s, and then many single people that were there that were you know in our age group as well. And I mentioned to them, and I talked to them, I even brought them up during when Deacon Dom and I gave our testimony on the bus. I said, you're doing one of the best things you can do for your marriage by being on this pilgrimage because you're learning how to get close closer to God first and foremost, and seeing him in so many amazing ways here in Italy, but also to each other, being in Mass every day, talking about these things. He would give them little you know, exercises, questions, and, and points to ponder in Scripture verses. So making that effort, and Ken and Signe, feel free to jump in. Kenny, I'll go to you first. Making that kind of an effort, especially, obviously, couple prayer, because it's more directed specifically toward prayer, but making an effort as a couple to find out more about your faith is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely, T. You, you know, it's um, one of the, we get comments and, and suggestions and feedback after each of the sessions that we do. We ask the, the attendees to let us know what they thought, and it's amazing how many times the comments come back. You know, they're almost all positive, ninety-five percent. But the comments always follow the line of, you know, I feel closer to my wife and to Jesus as I have in my entire life. It's always both. So it's doing this together or going on a pilgrimage together or Mm -hmm. attending any kind of a program, an enrichment program together draws you not only closer to each other, but closer to the Lord as well. Right. Yeah, we were just talking to Father John Ricardo, whom you know very well, uh, Kenny and Signe from the Archdiocese of Detroit yesterday. He was on with us for the 
Grand Hotel Getaway, the same type of thing. But this really, this couple prayer series is super important because it's an extended opportunity where you're going to dive very deeply into prayer to find out more about it. And the beautiful thing about it, Signe, and, and I'll, I'll give you a minute before we have to take a break, is that everybody thinks there might be, oh, what's the formula to pray? There isn't a formula, right? There is not. Uh, there is no right or wrong way to pray. But, um, you know, it's it's all about putting God first as individuals, as husband and wife, and as a couple. And only second to God first is your spouse second. And if you create that kind of pyramid with God, God at the very center of your marriage, yep. as you seek him as a husband and wife, growing together in faith is such a beautiful thing. Um, you know, there's one thing to know about God and to practice your faith, but to really let him penetrate your hearts and your minds and your souls just takes your intimacy and love and honor and respect for each other to such a different level. Yeah, and it also just, it's, how do you describe it? Because you get to the point where you realize that there's so much more than what you thought marriage was supposed to be or what marriage could be. And this is the other thing that you learn throughout the Couple Prayer series. We're talking with Ken and Sydney Castell from Couple Prayer, along with Father Eugene O'Donnell, who's bringing them to Texas, to Dallas for six weeks. Wow, beautiful to his parish at Holy Family of Nazareth in Irving, Texas, but it's open to anybody in the diocese or anybody who wants to come. If you're from outside of that area, join in. We'll give you all the details about how to register and more on the importance of praying together as a couple when we return on a Tuesday morning edition of Catholic Connection. Stay tuned. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church, and I was just a child. But I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. Please, no class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. What does the Eighth Commandment demand of us? The Catholic Catechism says this commandment forbids misrepresenting the truth in our relations with others. This derives from the vocation of holy people to bear witness to their God who is truth and who wills the truth. Offenses against the truth, either by word or deed, are fundamental infidelities to God and thus undermine the foundation of our covenant with him. The Old Testament tells us God is the source of all truth. His word is truth, as is his law. Jesus Christ is the whole of God's truth made manifest. To follow Christ is to live in the spirit of truth, says the Catechism. Jesus taught his disciples the unequivocal nature of truth when he instructed them, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more is from the evil one. 
This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. having a beautiful Tuesday morning and this wonderful feast day in the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, a feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. More on that in the next segment. Wrapping up with Father Eugene O'Donnell from Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving, Texas, and our good friends Ken and Signe Castell of Couple Prayer there from the Archdiocese of Detroit right in our own backyard. So, Kenny and Signe, let's talk about how do they register for the event at Holy Family in Irving, Texas, starting January 8th. Okay. If you're in your car, I'm going to give you one simple thing to remember. CouplePrayer.com. Okay. Very okay. Easy. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's it. You don't have to write it down. CouplePrayer.com. And if you go to the one of the tabs across the top is CP Live. That's got the registration information for this event as well as others. But you can also um, reach out to the Holy Family Parish, the Holy Family Church directly, uh, and that uh, is HolyFamilyChurch.net. Uh, and then you, slash, you go to the slash Married's Ministry. Or you can call Holy Family uh, of Nazareth Parish, talk to Sharon Gross. Uh, her number is 972-370-5049. So those are a few different ways you can do it. Um, you can call Father Eugene. I want to give out too many numbers, but... Uh, yeah, I think the one will be good. Then we'll post yeah. it on the archive section Excellent. along with a link to, to Couple Prayer, couplepreer.com. But that number again, 972-370-5049, correct? Perfect. Yep, okay. you got it. Just wrote it down. Yep. All right. So, so Signe, give us a, a, a kind of a, a, a summary. Uh, encapsulate it for us, if you would, what takes place during Couple Prayer each week. Okay, so a typical session um, will be that we gather together. The first of the six weeks is going to be an introduction and, you know, just a lot of reasons why you really, you should do this. Um, And then at the end of each session, beginning with the first one, we are going to give them a stack of six uh, envelopes seven envelopes, I'm sorry, um, for each of the six weeks. And with the intention that as a couple, they will open one of those each day of the following week. And it's just a very gentle introduction to a conversation that you have with each other and then forming forming a prayer together um, from that brief conversation. Um, And then in the following weeks, after the first one, there's going to be some uh, table talk around each table, and then we'll open it up to the group. And that is kind of a a review of people's um, experience over the past week, starting to pray together. And, you know, that having been said, uh, we want to stress that if you are you know, an introvert, um, and you may not be comfortable talking in a group of people. No one is made to feel uncomfortable right. if they if they want to just kind of sit back and take it all in. Um, but the the truth of it is is that so much is offered in that sense of community that develops with the couples that are gathered there. So, um, and then there will be a sharing couple each week. Um, about a 10-minute uh, testimony of 
where the couple was before they started praying together, what it was like when they started, how they did it, and where God has taken their marriage and family as a result of being a couple who prays together. Um, Those are really powerful stories. Uh, And then there's kind of a a teaching that moves them into the next week of prayer experiences that they have. So the different topics that we've got on these weeks is the introduction. Second week is uh, just really focusing on prayers of thanks and praise. Week three is prayers of petition. Week four is as Deacon Bob Ovius would always call it the mother load. The and mother it's, load. It's on scripture. <laughs> God's word is so rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many different ways to approach it together as a couple. Week five, we're going to talk about worshiping together. And the final week, week six, is on the importance of forgiveness, mm. forgiving others. Um, who may have offended us in some way and hurt us. And that is just such a healing process. And um, it just, it all, you know, I we just say over and over again, the Holy Spirit was really at work when Deacon Bob yeah. and Kathy Ovius uh, created this ministry. Yeah, just beautiful. And Deacon Dom and I uh, went to one of the early uh, couple prayer series when it first started in the Archdiocese of Detroit, and now Ken and Signe have us as volunteers on the board, which we love because it's such an important ministry and did so much for our relationship. So, Father, we have about uh, three minutes left. You mentioned that you saw so much in the couples that came when, when you led the series. What were they experiencing and what were they sharing with you when they went through the couple prayer series? I think, excuse me, I think the most significant thing was is there was a number one is if you know one of the sponsors couldn't make it, the other one always made it. A lot of times it was the man, and quite often he's from a different faith, and it was mm. just an incredible thing to see that. But the, but one man said, um, and he's you know you know you, when you have these experiences, you tear up, right? He said, I understand now. You have to put God first, your spouse second, and your family third. Mm-hmm. And he just he teared up. I thought that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then they just they share just different things of their experience and uh it was just incredible. I mean some people wouldn't share because they were you know, they were nervous, but uh you could just they they tell me afterwards what it did for them. And it just but it changes it's not just the couple, it's the whole family, it's the whole family right. dynamic, it changes everything. See, and that's the thing, Kenny, too, the fallout of this, the positive fallout of this, right? It's, it's huge. Uh, one of my favorite lines that uh, Deacon Bob gave us is, generations will reap what you sow. Uh, you know, this isn't just about your marriage and making it better. This is about the impact it has on your children. And then the impact it has on their marriages when they see that mom and dad prayed together. The grandchildren, the great it, generations will reap what you sow. And then one other thing I want to mention to you, and you're very familiar with them, are the statistics. So what does mm-hmm. this do for a marriage? Uh, the divorce rate in the general population is one in two. The divorce rate for couples that attend a religious service is one in six. The divorce rate, as as identified by Retrovi International, among couples that pray together is one in 1,105. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. A divorce rate of 1 in 1,105. Most people don't even know 1,100 couples. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But imagine if everyone you know, every married couple you know, never had to suffer the trauma of divorce, right. or the children never had to live with that. This is what it does when you put Jesus at the center of your marriage. Yeah, it's not just about you. I mean, as Father right. said, it's it, there's there's a, a huge positive fallout from this, and and we all know, and we're all going through so much in this world right now, so much confusion in the church, and and so much you know, ugliness in the world, and crazy things going on. And people can get all caught up in what can I do, what can I do? Well, the first and, and thing that we can do, obviously, is pray. Pray for our church leaders, pray for our political leaders. But the second thing is, is we have to look at the saints and see what the saints did. What did they do? They started by improving and growing in their relationship with God and their fellow man, whether they were single, religious, or, or in a marriage. That's where it starts, as Father Eugene said, and as Ken and Sydney said. So again, couple prayer. Dot com And this begins January 8th. It's open to anyone down in Texas or even outside of Texas if you want to come. It is going to be at Father's Parish, Holy Family of Nazareth in Irving, Texas for six weeks. 972-370-5049. We'll put the information on the archives, but please check out coupleprayer.com if you'd like to bring it to your area. We'll be right back. Sixty seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. Buddhism itself has a lot of different forms. There's no one type of Buddhism. When you get to Buddha himself, he was a complete agnostic and uh, supposed to have been a very wealthy prince who had everything, but found that this was all hollow and empty, especially in the face of death. What he came up with as a basic principle is that the source of all suffering in life is having desires. So you need to free yourself of all desires, and then you won't suffer in this life anymore. This would be very different from Christianity, where we don't want to give up our desire for God. First, we do believe that there is one God. Second, we do believe that it's three persons in one God. And thirdly, that the goal of life is not emptiness, but is union with God and through Jesus Christ. That's the way of salvation. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Really excited. I'm excited about every interview, but this is just fascinating to me. I did not know about this. Did you? Awesome. All right. This is a new book by our friends at Sophia, Sophia Institute Press, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy, How God Prepared the Americas for Conversion Before Our Lady Appeared incredible. I mean, this is just so excited. Okay, well, let's get to the topic here. I'm just like thrilled here. All right, so let me give you the rundown of our wonderful two guests, their bio. I'm going to read the short version because they're both very qualified to talk about this. We have 
Joseph Julian Gonzalez and Monique Gonzalez on with us. Joseph Julian is a composer for award-winning films, TV shows, stage productions, and concerts. His music is performed at Carnegie Hall, the Sydney Opera House, a Walt Disney Concert Hall, the Vatican, and other prestigious venues. Now, he has a, a number of other wonderful things that he's done in his career, but just for the sake of time, because there's so much you want to talk about, we'll move to Monique. Monique has studied classical voice with various notable vocal instructors, and she's also been a professional cantor at several prominent churches in Los Angeles, New York City, and right in her own backyard here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She's worked in marketing and promotions for various Catholic postulates, including Legatus, Defenders of the Catholic Faith, and Ave Maria Radio. And again, she's also has an extensive background as a producer and many different musical productions. And so suffice it to say, they both have very long and impressive resumes. Well, Joseph and Monique, thanks for joining us. Joseph, let me go to you first. So how did you find out about this? Because we were chatting during the break that secular scholars have discovered this already, correct? Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's well known in the secular academic circles. All right. So tell us, give us like a brief description, then we'll kind of dive into this a little bit more deeply. Well, back in the early 1990s, I was driving along, and I heard this piece of music in my head. Um, it com- the, the music combined the Kyrie eleison from the Roman Catholic Mass and uh, Aztec percussion uh, instruments and, and rhythms. And I, I, I got this idea that, um, you know, I should follow this through. I, real- I realized that it was an inspiration, and I actually got a speeding ticket because I was driving at the time, and I, I got so excited about it. But anyway, uh, I thought, well, why don't I follow this through and, and write a, an oratorio with symphony and choir that would combine texts from Aztec song poetry. And that's what got me into this world of Aztec song poetry, and that's what really started this whole kind of 14-year odyssey that my wife and I went on. So uh, tell me, in terms of this flower world, and, and um, Monique, let me go to you, is, is, is let's talk about this. What does this mean when you're talking about a flower world? Because the people of that day and age would have known, for example, the experience that uh, San Juan uh, Diego had was something that he was familiar with, because he was saying to himself, oh, I wonder if this is what my ancestors were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's kind of exciting about that is when he says, you know, could I be in the place my ancient ancestors spoke of, the flower world paradise, he's referring to a very ancient belief system, which is a, a floral solar domain that they believe they, that they hoped that they could go to after they died if they were worthy of it. And what scholars have been discovering, over, especially over the last 20 to 30 years, they have recently discovered this. It's very, very new scholarship. Is that, is that this belief system, which they discovered through song poems, also revealed themselves archaeologically and, and dating pretty far back, it, going backwards through, you know, the, the Nawa and then the Toltec and the Teotihuacan that existed at the time of Christ, but pushing even further back with the Maya and the Olmec, which is actually the mother culture of the Americas, that this flower world uh, belief system just dominated the landscape in their in their ruins in multiple murals and pottery shards and multiple other you know material culture that's revealing that it's everywhere and it just was the primary preoccupation uh, especially of the Mesoamerican mind but also up into the American Southwest that that everybody was hoping to go to this floral paradise that's radiating and shining with light. And so 
there's there's a lot of papers right now and and a book that just came out a year ago that talks all about this flower world paradise. Wow. So, Monique, let me go back to you before I go to Joseph. And we're talking with Joseph and Monique Gonzalez, and their book is Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy from Sophia Press. How come the secular experts know about this, but we haven't heard about this? At least I'm not aware of it being discussed much in the Catholic world, do you think? I, I think part of it comes to it's it's very recent. Um, again, a, a book just came out a year ago, sort of encapsulating the thought of uh, multiple disciplines. It's an inter- interdisciplinary interdisciplinary field of study. So everybody's on that side is still kind of coming to grips with the information that's coming out, and they're reinterpreting a lot of the archaeological information that's been existing over the last 50 years. They're now trying to see it through the lens of flower world. So it kind of makes sense that while they're struggling to get their their hands around it and understanding the Nawa philosophy that's built off of that, that it just hasn't had time, perhaps, to come over to the Catholic side, so hopefully we can act as a bridge point to kind of expose the Catholic world to that. And so, also, go ahead, what go goes ahead, along with mm-hmm. that, I apologize, what goes along with that is that there is, of course, a bias. Um, when the, Joseph was reading the song poems in the 90s and they c- discovered how similar it sounded to the Guadalupe narrative, the automatic assumption is that uh, those particular song poems were the basis of a fabrication that the Spanish used to dupe the indigenous. So there's already kind of like an antipathy going uh-huh. on between the secular scholarship world and Catholics. So that also contributes. But so Joseph, if you look, and, and I, I love God is all about the details. And I was just saying at the top of the hour, and I was introducing the, introducing the lineup for today with you two, that you know, we have that old cliche, the devil's in the details. But God is in the details, and, and we see Our Lady, and when she appears in, 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 the, in the approved apparitions, she's always able to relate to the people to whom she's appearing. Yeah. And, this, and this is huge, and, and this is, I don't know how you can get away from that, given what we have in the tilma, the image of Mary, the flowers, and this connection with the flower world, because the people would have been able to relate, correct? Absolutely. What we say is that this falls into a, a category called evangelical preparation. It's, it's, it's an idea that's been around from the very beginning of Christianity, and it's a proved Catholic doc, doctrine. It's essentially the idea that a pagan culture can be prepared even hundreds of years beforehand where a foundation can be laid, which can be later fulfilled when the missionaries get there, when the pagan culture is exposed to the Christian message. And we're saying it happened all around the world, and we make the case, then, why didn't it happen here? So we trace through our book specific concepts. One of them we just mentioned was the Flower World Paradise, mm-hmm. and to kind of give a spoiler alert, of course, that was the exact same name that Juan Diego says at the beginning of the Guadalupe narrative. He says, could I be in the place that our ancient ancestors spoke of, the Flower World Paradise? He, he gives it in the exact name, but there's so many other uh, commonalities. When we get to the idea, we talked about this flower song poem, the main metaphor of the flower song genre of these Aztec song poems is that of a singer who is trying to find flowers so that he can gather them in his tilma and show them to the lords and princes. Wow. Now, it's highly, yeah, it's highly metaphorical. The flowers become a dominant symbol in flower world. What they mean is a connection between heaven and earth, or ultimate beauty 
and ultimate truth in this flower world paradise. We get a glimpse of this beauty through Earth, uh, through the flowers, specifically the four-petaled flower. So metaphorically, what's happening is that the singer wants to capture ultimate truth, capture ultimate beauty in his tilma, so that he can present it to the the, the, the main people, the people of Earth, and that's exactly what ends up happening. I mean, I'm just barely mentioning two connections to the story, but we believe that, well, we, we know that the Nahuatl people would have known this story. It, it was so ingrained in their culture that they would have immediately recognized it in the Guadalupe narrative, and they, it would eventually lead them to want to be able to go into the flower word paradise, and the only way they could get there would be through baptism. Wow. So we know, as you say in the outline for the book, that some 10 million indigenous conversions took place after the Blessed Mother's appearance. That was considered the largest Christian conversion event in history. Do you think, obviously, that this idea of flower world may have had an impact on that? Absolutely. Uh, Just because there's so many connections. Um, You know, it's undeniable that this earlier song poem is related to the Guadalupe account, um, and, and that's another mysterious thing. You know, why hasn't it been brought out into the Catholic world before? Um, you know, we could speculate on that, but uh, we're bringing it out now, and hopefully because we give an explanation that it's not fabrication, it's evangelical preparation. There's a huge difference in that. But that this would have played in, and because the people craved the flower world paradise, every they were so preoccupied, you see it all over the place, in, you know, archaeological ruins, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that once there was a way to get to the flower world paradise, which was through baptism, that actually the God who makes you worthy to enter the flower world paradise is Jesus Christ through his sacrifice, opens up this world for you. And they craved it, and they went after it, and they went after it by the millions. Wow. We're talking with Joseph Gonzalez and Monique Gonzalez. The Gonzalez's have just given this this beautiful book, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy, How God Prepared the Americas for Conversion Before the Lady Appeared. It's published by our friends at Sophia Institute, and we'll put the link, of course, on the archive section. It's available through the EW Cham Religious Catalog at Sophia and also at the Ave Maria Radio Bookstore online. And Monique, what has this done in terms of this research? I mean, you already were very faithful people, very involved in the Church, but I can only imagine that this would have been like, wow, I mean, talk about humbling and bringing you to your knees again, right? Beyond so, absolutely. I think it, at first when we, uh, when I met Joseph and he handed me the song poems and we discovered that there was this ancient song poem, we weren't entirely sure where it was go- going to go. We were open f- to be disproved in any way, shape, or form. But the thing is, is we found over time, we found it really cementing our faith because it's the whole concept of fetus at ratio. God brings together everything. It's faith and it's reason. It's our, it's our heart, mind, and soul. It's the entirety mm-hmm. of who we are. And he, he was preparing Joseph and I in different ways before we encountered this information. And, you know, and then to discover God doing the same thing throughout perhaps 3,000 years. It, yeah. It's God is very organic. He's preparing people in multiple ways, not just coming from one angle because of his consideration. He doesn't have to be considerate, but he is. So he's he's been very kind and very gracious, and we're just thankful to even be a part of this. It's, it continually shocks us. 
Joseph, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have about a minute left, so I just want to ask this last question, and you can both comment, but Joseph, let me go back to you. I just wonder the fact that this is being discovered now, even in the secular world, it's very recent, as Monique explained. God's timing is always perfect. If you think about how ambivalent and, I don't know, people just not too much into God anymore, oh, it's not really real, I don't need it, we're all about the science, and yet the science in this is phenomenal if you look at the research, not only in, in the Tilma, but also just with what happened uh, back at Tepeyac Hill so many centuries ago. Do you think the timing of this is very significant? Yes, because right now we're going through a lot of chaotic times. It seems very dark. Um, if you compare what was going on in 1531, 10 years after war and famine and plague and desolation and despair and hopeful hopelessness, that right now, if we feel that we're going through what is going on either in the church or what is going on in the world, that we should know that if God was doing that for the people of Mesoamerica, that he is doing that for us today, mm. that he's going to save us, that he's, go- he's looking out for our best interests, and, and um, it, this can all get turned around. So I, we believe that that might be part of the timing, perhaps. I don't know. But, um, you know, God's in control of history. And, and he, he was in control of history then. He's in control of history right now. And he's so into the details. And Monique, I love you use the word organic, because we tend to think of it very like spiritual and floating around and all this kind of stuff. But yet God is in the details, every single detail. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is so powerful. Thank you for doing this book. I can't wait to finish it. Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy, How God Prepared the Americas for Conversion Before the Lady Appeared. Look, Our Lady is hugely important. She is the Mother of God. She's our Mother. She is our great intercessor. She's the Queen of all saints. This is like the the real stuff here. (laughs) These secular people are discovering this. And okay, they're trying to say, well, maybe the people were duped by this. Well, okay, then explain the Tilma, please. The Tilma's still with us, all right? You know, centuries later, hasn't deteriorated, has been exposed to all kinds of things. Explain that. Well, the facts are there. Facts. And God is organic. He's in everything. What a beautiful book. Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy from our friends at Sophia. Joseph Gonzalez and Monique, thank you so much. And I hope this book uh, does very well. Very fascinating. We'll be right back. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic healthcare alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health sharing option. Curo's Christ-centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across Northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. 
People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. About to enjoy this beautiful feast day, Ever Lady of Guadalupe. We'll learn more about her and San Juan Diego, of course. Coming up tomorrow, Joan Lewis, we're giving her the day off because she is over in Hawaii doing some more work on a cause there for uh, someone who worked very closely with St. Damien of Malachi. So she'll have more information next week, I'm sure, for us. A special program coming up on EW10. We've got the star of that program tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.